here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. You know, Mr. Producer's not going to like this. We have at least six audio clips of Joe Biden's comments today, and he says nothing, nothing useful. So why play them? You mad about that, Mr. Producer? You still get paid, that's true. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these, and I'm thinking, um, he says here, let's see, we shot down objects out of the sky because we couldn't rule out surveillance. We don't know what the objects were over the U.S., but nothing suggests China. No evidence of an increase in objects in the sky. We put restrictions on six firms that support China aerospace program. We're not looking for a new Cold War. There is one, you idiot, whether you're looking for it or not. I make no apologies for taking that balloon. You should make apologies. You waited too long. And uh, let's see. It's pretty much it, except for this one. Let's get cut nine ready. Go ahead. By your family's business relationship. Sir, Mr. President, there has been criticism that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. You come to my office and ask a question when you have more polite people. More polite people. You mean like you calling half the country names constantly? Is your relationship with China compromised by your family's business relationships in China? And then you can hear another reporter shouting over that reporter because, you know, I'm sure they're with the New York Times or the Washington Post. They don't want they don't want an answer to that quite. Give me a break, man. Give me a break. Give me a break, man. Then he tells Peter Alexander, one of the phony journalists, you can come by my office and ask that question when we have more polite people. I guess he's not. Used to Jim Acosta, who's not there yelling in his face like he was with 
with Donald Trump, how rude the media were with him, or for Reagan, that matter. This guy doesn't know where rude is. He can give it, but he can't take it. Much like the rest of the left. So that was it. Nothing else worthwhile. But I do have some information for you. And this is thanks to our friends at the Daily Caller. The Communist Chinese are not only cracking down on the Tibetans, as they have for decades, and they're sending Chinese into the Tibetan areas to intermarriage, for intermarriage, to have children to destroy that culture and that race altogether. They're not only rounding up Uyghurs, two million so far, and putting them in concentration camps, raping them, forced abortions, murder, torture, re-education. But now it's the turn of the Christian faith, Christians. They're turning up the boiling water on them. The Chinese government cracked down on Christians in 2022, and the run-up to the 20th Party Congress, a report from China Aid reveals... You haven't heard this on a single program this evening, I'll bet. Not one news program. None. And what we monitor here is when they do cover these. And when they do finally cover them, it's usually a day or two after this program because they're almost embarrassed. Those that can be embarrassed. The Chinese Communist Party now requires, listen to this, for Chinese churches to actively promote the party's ideology from the pulpit and censors, fines, and even imprisons Christians who fail to toe the line, according to the report. Not only should they submit to the party's demands, but they must also actively support socialism. Jonathan Dingler, a spokesman for China Aid, who worked on the report, told the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you think? They reportedly employed a range of new methods to persecute Chinese Christians last year, including fabricating charges of fraud, as well as criminalizing the legal international travel of church leaders. The report states China's crackdown on Christianity reportedly intensified in the run-up to the CCP's 20th Party Congress in October 2020, during which time Xi Jinping secured a third term as the commander of the Communist Nation's supreme leader. According to China Aid, Xi Jinping and the Communist Party did all they could to silence Christians leading up to the 20th National Congress. Christians account for approximately 5% of China's religious community, according to CIA World Facebook, excuse me, Factbook. Catholics number about 10 million. Protestants account for the majority of China's Christian community with approximately 38 million followers as of 2020, reports The Economist. The CCP's crackdown leading up to the 20th Party Congress, the tone shifted within the state-sanctioned churches, which then began treating Xi as if he were the leader of the church. In other words, as if he were Jesus Christ. China Aid identified a March 2022 paper entitled Adhering to the Sinization of religion in China published by the United Front Work Department as the political motivation behind the crackdown on Christianity. 
It is a Chinese government entity charged with extending the CCP's influence and control over non-party organizations, both domestically and abroad, to advance the Communist Party's policy objectives. March 2022, the paper reportedly emphasized promoting the the cynicization of religion, in other words, incorporating into the communist Chinese ideology. Adhering to the orientation of the core socialist values, submerging all religious beliefs in Chinese culture to better adapt religion to China's socialist society, Marxist society. And what they call the new era of socialism with Chinese characteristics. So basically, they're devouring the Christian faith. They're devouring the Christian faith in China. And China's state-sanctioned churches must now actively promote Xi's thoughts, quote, from the pulpit, unquote. So now Xi, Xi is to be treated as a god. And practice means the churches which don't flat-out fall at Xi's feet and worship him are considered inciting subversion of state power. Churches were reportedly even converted into political propaganda centers in order to broadcast Xi's speech during the 20th Party Congress in October 2022. Likewise, churches in Xizhen and other provinces were also reportedly repurposed to hold study sessions on the Communist Chinese Party and their policies, such as, quote, reinforcing management of religion on all fronts, 10 prohibitions and 10 must-not-dos. The Chinese government also increasingly persecuted Christians online in 2022, censoring words like Jesus, Savior, and Amen on the Chinese social media platform WeChat. At the same time, the Chinese government also shut down church websites and Christian social media accounts. Congregants can't even give to their churches online anymore. Thanks to new regulations, Dingler said, they want to break down house churches even further, hoping they will finally give in and submit. But they don't even know the full extent of communist China's crackdown on these Christian churches. China A does not have a truly accurate sense of how many Christians are affected by persecution, whether that be imprisonment or forced disappearance, he said. Throughout the years, it's been harder and harder to get a clear number because so many churches are afraid to share their, their, life, their lived persecution experience with us due to the Communist Chinese Party. Seeing the cases that come in day by day, I can't say I blame them, he said. The Chinese embassy didn't respond. So there you have it. The Christians are being brutalized, and I mean brutalized now in China as a matter of systemic policy. You've heard nothing from the White House who knows more than we do. I've seen nothing in the New York slimes, the Washington Compost. I haven't heard this reported at all today, and this is right there in the Daily Caller. It's there for everyone to see. That's why people despise these news platforms because you don't get news you get propaganda I'll be right back Mark Lovin 
I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. The the media, the Democrat Party, the the millions and millions of dollars that were spent to elect John Fetterman. First of all, they did that man no favor. He's a very sick man. He has not recovered well from his stroke. His stroke was very, very serious. It impacted him physically, it impacted him mentally. He just got out of the hospital after not feeling well, and now he's checked himself into Walter Reed Hospital to receive treatment for clinical depression. And you have to feel for this man. You really do. But I get very angry with the people around him. I get very angry with the Schumers of the world and the Bob Casey's of the world. Joe Biden and the DNC and all the rest who get behind this man who want to get him into the United States Senate where he can't possibly effectively represent the people of Pennsylvania where he should be under constant medical care rather than a member of the United States Senate but it just shows you how heartless the Democrat Party is it shows you how heartless their media are whether it's the media types or whether it's big media, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the other newspapers and media in Pennsylvania, it's just disgusting. They don't care what happens to this guy. They don't care that he should have 100% attention on his health. Who knows if this man can even survive? I, I don't know. It's like Joe Biden. Joe Biden is doing tremendous damage to this country in so many countries throughout the world. Tremendous damage to families in this country. But Joe Biden, Joe Biden's not in charge. It's not possible. We have a doctor today that comes out and says he's fully fit. No, he's not fully fit. You can see that he's not fully fit. You can see he can't talk like a president. That he ducks and bobs and weaves and robodopes. You can see it. We don't need a doctor to tell us that. That the politicization of medicine and science in this country is disgusting. But John Fetterman, 
can't represent the people of Pennsylvania and they need representation in the United States Senate. But the Democrats don't care. It's power, baby. That's all it is. And you should keep this in mind because they don't give a damn about you either. When they get up there and say inflation's reducing, no, it's not. Food prices are going down. No, they're not. Gasoline prices are going down. No, they're not. That the border's secure. No, it's not. That our streets are safe. No, they're not. And I could go on and on and on. They want power, 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 centralization of authority in Washington, D.C. They don't want debates. They don't want competition of ideas. They're willing to, through the back door, take over these massive social media platforms. They have all their buddies in the big media spewing their ridiculous nonsense. They just don't give a damn. And they certainly don't give a damn about you. But here we have a man who cannot function. I mean, seriously, I think of myself, I think of you. If I were this way, would I still be behind the microphone here? No, I wouldn't. Maybe you can come back after you feel better and say, but it's not possible to do what you need to do. And in his case, to represent several millions of people in a very large state. So Pennsylvania today has no senator. Bob Casey had surgery for prostate cancer. He's still out. Fetterman obviously just checked himself for his family. Get into a hospital, Walter Reed. He's clinically depressed. And they suggested he stay in the hospital. That's how bad it is. And it can get horrifically bad. So what do you make of yourselves, New York Times and Washington Post and Philadelphia Inquirer and all the rest? You proud of yourselves? You proud of yourselves, DNC and Schumer, for spending tens of millions of dollars to elect a man who should be home convalescing? Seriously. And the people who voted for Fetterman, they knew. They knew he wasn't well, but it didn't matter. And now they have no representation in the Senate. I'll be right back. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. 
Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Hello, America. Well, folks, we have a killer Sunday show. I know it's Thursday. And I will remind you, if all of you would put your DVR into record at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday... Check the times in your own community, obviously. Um, You'd be able to watch the Sunday show, or of course, live is the best way to do it. But if if you all go ahead and set it, you can set it now, then you don't have to set it in the future. Because I am, uh, I'm returning to a format that is very important to me. I'm not just bringing on the flavor of the day, politicians left and right. There'll be some from time to time, of course. But this Sunday show is very, very important. I'm not going to tell you what my opening statement will be. It'll be what it'll be. But it's very, very important. We're trying to reach as many people as we can. And the two guests are very important. Because what we're going to talk about, I am, with them, affects each and every one of you. It affects your children and your grandchildren. It affects what's going on in the federal government. It affects what's going on in the HR departments of every business. It affects what's going on in every business, every workplace. It affects what's going on in every classroom, in the media. And so what I try and do with this program is bring to you the very best guests I can. We have substantive and deep discussions. I do not bring on a conga line of guests, just two, sometimes one. And I do enjoy comedy, don't get me wrong, but this isn't a comedy show, it's none of that. So I don't put my finger in the wind, you know, lick it and see which way the wind's going on who to bring on. I just think sometimes there are big issues that are not properly addressed. And this is one of those times. So I hope you will join us on Sunday. I know it's a long weekend. President's Day is Monday, I believe, Mr. Producer. So with that in mind, if you're taking off or whatever, I would just ask, go ahead and set your DVR now. Simple to do with your remote. 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, And I think you'll get your hour's worth. Truth is, it's 40 minutes. There's 10 minutes of commercials. I think you'll get your 40 minutes worth. And I think it's very, very important. What's happening now is going to affect the public school system. It's going to affect your neighborhoods and communities, the street you live on. It's going to affect whether or not you have public parks in your community, whether or not you have tall public housing and high skyscrapers in your community. It's going to determine whether you have public pools and where they're going to be and all the rest of it. And so I would encourage you strongly to watch this show on Sunday and to encourage as many people as you know to watch it. Because these things are happening. They're happening now. Not as Biden would say from the bottom up and the middle out. This is top-down stuff. In fact, I have in front of me another executive order that was just signed by Joe Biden. I had to reach over to another table to get it. 
Executive order on further advancing racial equity and support for underdeserved communities through the federal government. So there's no end to this. He signed his first one. He points out when he came into office on January 20, 2021, he signed this today without any fanfare whatsoever. And so what he's telling the federal government to do, what he's directing his radicals that he's put in these federal departments to do is to promote more reverse discrimination. Is to promote equitable outcomes. It's the phraseology. Equitable outcomes. And he says he wants to do this in his housing initiatives, his economic initiatives. He wants to do this in... Um, I'm just trying to cut to the chase here. In the provision of grants and contracts and government aid, he says they're delivering equitable outcomes through government policies, programs, and activities. Equitable outcomes. This is all Marxist bullcrap. Starting with the formulation of the 2025 budget and for each subsequent year, the director of OMB shall consider how the president's budget can support the equity action plans described in Section A. He wants equity action plans in every department. He wants a group of people in every department responsible for them in permanent positions, and he wants these imposed. Imposed. He wants them prioritized. He wants them, quote, incorporated into strategies to advance equity. Um, he, um, just looking through it. And so this is where we are headed. He wants it imposed in law and regulations, acquisitions, other activities. They have a section here called embedding equity into government-wide processes. The director of OMB will be overseeing the entire operation, Office of Management and Budget, delivering equitable outcomes in partnership with underserved communities, creating economic opportunity and equitable development, advancing equitable procurement. That word equitable is in there, not equality, not opportunity, not fairness, equitable outcomes. So what equitable means when it comes to Biden and the Marxists is not equitable. It means discrimination. Discrimination. Affirmatively advancing civil rights. How? Equity. Further advancing equitable data practices through the Office of Science and Technology. So this is a an ideology that is going to be permeating top-down through the government, through the ruling class, into every corner of the country, into every aspect of the private sector and public sector, into every piece of the society and culture. And they are moving as fast as they possibly can. And I think you need to know about it. And this is what we're going to be talking about on Sunday, among other very, very important things. Very, very important things. Now, if you're watching MSNBC or CNN like some do, or NBC and ABC, or if you're reading 
the New York Times, like you see people from time to time on a subway or train or the Washington Post, you're not going to hear any of this. Or if you hear it, it's all going to be candy-coated, sugar-coated. The extent of the anti-American you know, policies, the damage that's going to be done is, is unbelievable. It's on every front. And it's being done in every conceivable way. And what it comes down is a complete change in our economic system. The enshrining of racism and bigotry, favored groups and disfavored groups. We saw this earlier with the Biden administration when it came to farm subsidies. Uh, White farmers were at the back of the line as a matter of Regulation. A court threw it out. Even the judge said, you can't do this. They didn't care. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to Medicare, the Biden administration has said that they're going to monitor doctors. To do what? To make sure that they're providing equitable services. Oh, well, that sounds all right. You know, we don't want people discriminated against, but people are going to be discriminated against. Because the feds want to measure the extent to which doctors are providing care, first and foremost, to underserved individuals. So if you're 92 years old and you're white, and you're lower middle or middle class, you're not an underserved individual. So when it comes to your health care, you will go to the back of the line. Did you know this? So this racism which is coming top-down, which is embraced fully by the Democrat Party, is being instituted. The war on the suburbs, the war on the exurbs, rural communities, was launched two weeks ago. Where your local governments are going to have to provide the federal government, housing and urban development, with economic equity plans. Economic equity plans. That if everybody can't have a single family home, nobody can. And this will supersede all local and state zoning rules. You will have to accede to whatever the feds tell you or all federal funds will be pulled. And in some states, as Betsy McCoy has written, former lieutenant governor of New York, like New York, like Connecticut, like California, in some states, they're imposing it themselves. So this isn't government of the people, for the people, and by the people. This isn't we the people. This is a government by, for, and of the Democrat Party, for some people. For some people. And a political party that's doing this which is totally unnecessary, absolutely absurd. A Democrat party that's doing this, you then can understand why they have a completely open border. They don't want you to talk about the fact that people are pouring into this country from all corners of the world, that they are getting de facto, listen to me, de facto amnesty, because they're not being deported, 
It's the greatest amnesty on the face of the earth, and it's a daily amnesty without any legislation in violation of federal immigration laws. And then on top of that, you have these executive orders, you have the teachers' unions, you have these radical left governors, all pushing the radical left agenda. We can't survive it as a free people. We just can't. And so I have to keep banging the pots and pans. So I hope that you will watch the show Sunday. I consider it incredibly important. 8 p.m. Eastern, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. Um, because we have got to be the Thomas Paines, the pamphleteers of our time. For the sake of our children and our grandchildren, for the sake of the men and women who defend this country and the men and women who died for this country, for its principles, for its values, its beliefs, and which are all being trampled. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. You know, when you look at MSNBC and you see folks like Joe Scarborough, Nicole Wallace, and Michael Steele, they become left-wing Democrats. They spew very, very hateful propaganda. And in my view, they lie flat out. What did you hear Michael Steele on the Morning Joe show today? Cut 15, go. And he's talking about Nikki Haley. Go ahead from any of the other candidates in how you stand on principle, how you reaffirm constitutional principles post the Civil War, how you re-engage the country on matters like race, and which has always been a problem for the Republican Party. But you can't go there. You can't be in that space. You cannot have that conversation if you cannot deal with the racist attributes of a party under Trump, where it's embraced white nationalism, where it thinks that they're fine Nazis and fine Ku Klux Klan members. You All right, can't- so this is this is this is the problem. There's nobody there that challenged Michael Steele. These are disgraceful statements. The man who shot up that synagogue in Pittsburgh hated Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump's daughter is an Orthodox Jew. His son-in-law, his three grandchildren, the Orthodox Jews. He's done more for the state of Israel than any president in the history of presidents. As well as executive orders that he signed. Hate crimes against Jews under Biden, like under Obama, are through the roof. Does Michael Steele condemn Black Lives Matter? Does Michael Steele spend any part of his day on television condemning Al Sharpton? Condemning the, the brutality that's taking place against Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn, New York, and other areas? Mostly by the black community? Just telling you the truth. No, he doesn't. Why is that? It's the Republican Party. Talks about Klansmen. Does he know how the Klan began? He says, post-Civil War, the Democrat Party under Franklin Roosevelt refused to pass a federal anti-lynching law. Does he know that? Donald Trump doesn't embrace neo-Nazis. Donald Trump doesn't embrace the Klan. But this is, this is something you can say on MSNBC all you want. There is no governor on any of their mouths over there. None. Barack Obama, his treatment of Israel and what he did at the United Nations that no president had done before, his treatment of Benjamin Netanyahu, he's probably the most anti-Semitic president we've ever had. Probably the most anti-Semitic. The Republican Party doesn't have to apologize for racism. The Republican Party's never embraced racism. Not right before the Civil War, not right after the Civil War, not in the 40s and 50s, and not today. Michael Steele is drunk with his own stupidity. He's drunk with the attention he gets from the left. Man's got no heart. And in my view, he's got no soul. He's a complete sellout, like the man he's talking to there, Joe Scarborough. Shame on you, you jerk. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Have you ever heard of, and I'm not very good at French since I don't know it, Jean-Jacques Lesserelet, French, obviously. He wrote a book in French called A Marxist Philosophy of Language, including linguistics, including the meaning of words. So I got the version that was transcribed into English, because, as you know, this is what I do 
for a hobby. Mark, what do you do for a hobby? You're listening to it. A Marxist philosophy language, seriously. Of course, it made sense after I thought about it for about 14 seconds. It's all around us, isn't it? So I started reading this book. And um, chapter 5, page 136, it says, among other things, that the goal here is to, and I quote, render the standard, standard language minoritarian, I'll get into this in a second, and helps to subvert its domination. On the lead up to this, what he's talking about is language is not just critical, it's the core to controlling ideas, and ideas control populations. Ideas control populations. Now, in American Marxism, I explain that whether it is the trans movement, or climate change, or critical race theory, you must attack the foundations of a society so that the traditions and the customs and that which is handed down from generation and generation are of absolutely no consequence anymore. The world begins today. And language is crucial in this respect. And we've talked about this for years and years and years, but I hadn't read this. So what he's saying here is the standard language is something we inherited, but why should we keep it? The nuclear family is an example, something we inherited. Why does that matter? American history is something we're taught. Well, well we have a different history. And language. So every aspect... All the foundational roots of a free society are to be attacked. And language is a key way to attack it. So you need to render the standard language minoritarian. So, if you talk about binary sexes, they're going to talk about 56 sexes. And how sex is what you think you are, your sex, your genitalia. It's not what you have biologically. And they say it enough, and they impose it, they enforce it. Then, if you disagree with them, they punish you in one form or another. This is how you take standard language and make it the minority language. And the goal here is, as they write, or he writes, is to subvert its domination. Subvert its domination. It's like the word, just as an example, the word gay. The word gay used to mean happy. It had nothing to do with sex. It had nothing to do with the identification of sexual behaviors. But not anymore. And there's other words like that. And so the goal here is 
to control the language. You control the language, you control the ideas, you control the debate, and then you demand conformity. That standard language, yes, doesn't apply anymore. Don't use it. Use the, the new language. You're just trying to dominate us with your language. So the goal is to subvert the dominant language, the standard language, and replace it with different language. And he says, thinking about language in an original way and weapons for the concrete analysis of conjunctures that are not only historical but also linguistic. What's all that mean? All it means is you are not required. You're not required to view standard language, the history of the language, and a word that's been used for generations. You're not required to embrace it or use it. Because they are weapons to control you, to control how you think by the by those who seek to dominate society. Particularly, and I'm just being honest, people who support capitalism, people who support the Declaration and the Constitution, American history, people who support <clears throat> Christianity or Judaism, people who People who support the nuclear family. <laughs> Doesn't matter anymore. And his first position is that language is a historical phenomenon. We don't know originally where a specific language comes from. How specific words came to be. And we're not required to embrace them. So why should we? We'll create the language, and we will require people to embrace them. We will subvert the dominant language, and this will help us to subvert the dominant culture, the dominant economy. It's also a social phenomenon. That is, people get used to saying certain words around each other, and that's how these words become common. Well, again, we're not required to embrace them. Create a different social phenomenon with words. Because the standard language, let's say in the United States, promotes, again, the dominant society. It promotes capitalism. Don't talk about free markets. There are no free markets property rights so all these things are to be questioned and ultimately destroyed and dismissed and replaced and he argues the truth is that language is a political phenomenon that is it is used on small political matters among social circles friends church groups families and large Language has a close relationship with politics. And so it's important that if we want to replace the dominant society, 
with a different society that we replace the dominant language or dominant words, if you will, with new words. With new words. Does this make pre- uh, sense to you, Mr. Producer? It's why you hear people like Bernie Sanders says, I'm a democratic socialist. Well, what the hell does that mean? That's just intended to camouflage that he's a Marxist. He's a democratic socialist. Socialism doesn't allow we the people to make decisions. It requires compliance and uniformity. That's the whole point. The individual is not a standout. It's the collective. So I'm still reading this, a Marxist philosophy of language. Um, and... We kind of had a sense for all this anyway, but it's actually, it provides a little bit more meat on the bone here. And I think it's very, very important to understand because you're hearing words, you're hearing attributes to words or applications to words. You go, what the hell does that mean? Well, now you know. Another replacement theory by Mark. Yeah, that's correct. Because it's actively taking place. So the word equity replaces the word equality. And that executive order that was signed today, the word equity is in every heading in that document. The word equality, not once. Because equity sounds so great, but equity is a word that would be used for Marxism, equitable outcomes. And that phrase is even in there. Which means this revolution never ends, because there can't possibly be outcomes that are identical one to the other. And it never takes into consideration all the other elements that affect outcomes. Just pigmentation and ethnicity, those are the only things, according to this executive order and this ideology, that affects outcomes. What about intelligence? Some individuals are smarter than others. I didn't say groups. I said some individuals are smarter than others. Some individuals are more athletic and more coordinated than others. Some individuals work harder with their hands than others. Some people work harder with their brains than others. Some people read more. Some people do more. Some people come from from good family backgrounds. Some people come from very violent family backgrounds. There's a thousand different things that affect a character and a personality. There's a thousand different things that affect outcomes having absolutely nothing to do with pigmentation. Nothing. Whatsoever. But this is also why the radical left Marxists don't want to talk about individuality. They want to talk about groups. And they are the biggest of the stereotype types that exist. Very simple. Oppressed and oppressor. You're one or the other. If you're white, you're born an oppressor, whether you like it or not. If you're black or a minority, you're born oppressed, whether you like it or not. Even if you're successful. If you side with the oppressor, then you're really not black. I mean, this is what they say. This is what they write. As opposed to, we're a free country. We've had a lot of bumps along the way. But today, 
you're free. Everybody's free. Everybody's pouring into this country. Millions a year. And if this society were a white dominant society where minorities could not possibly succeed, then you have to wonder why so many people are coming to this country from south of the border, from the Middle East, from the African continent, and so forth and so on. It's absurd. But it doesn't matter. It's an ideology. So the language is under attack. The borders are under attack. The nuclear family is under attack. American history is under attack. The American assimilation into the American culture is under attack. And that is how you destroy a country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company... That's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, John Meacham was on the morning Joe. John Meacham is a complete joke, so-called historian. And uh, he was one of the uh, so-called historians who met early on with Joe Biden and told him to go big and go fast. He could be bigger than FDR. Just destroy the country faster and more thoroughly. He didn't say that. I'm saying he said that. Now, He's very concerned, John Meacham. He used to write speeches for Biden, and then on this very same show, he used to praise Biden's speech. That's what kind of egomaniac you're dealing with there. Here he is on the Morning Schmo Show. Now, the Morning Schmo Show does not get a big audience, but it is pushed hard by the left. Because, again, you have a Republican or a former Republican in Joe Scarborough, Uh, who trashes what are his own people in his own party. Go ahead, cut 12. If the Republican Party, and I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, but insofar as as a historical matter, we need two functioning parties that have an allegiance to the Constitution. That's the central question uh, for anyone who wants to be president on the Republican side is, are you going to try to treat the unconstitutional nature of, of Trumpism as a... Uh, 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 okay, okay. What unconstitutional nature of Trumpism? This is a rambling buffoon. 
he's he's basically a show animal. He knows where he is, and um, and he's performing. What about Joe Biden's serial unconstitutional acts? What about it? On the border, not enforcing the law, acting like a dictator when it comes to student loans and. What about this equity stuff? What about all this? Historians should be smart enough to know. Uh, but he doesn't discuss that. Instead, it's the, the unconstitutional nature. And you see, it's the Republican Party that has to make sure that both parties are viable. The Republican Party? The Democrat Party is trying to destroy the Republican Party as an institution if it doesn't destroy itself first. That's what's happening. Wants to destroy it by changing the voting system. Wants to destroy it by packing the court. Wants to destroy it by adding senators to the Senate from Democrat states. Wants to destroy it by investigating its members. Wants to destroy the Republican state legislatures. And I can go on and on and on. But John Meacham doesn't see it that way. Have you noticed? Not only is there a war on Trump, there's a war on DeSantis. The attacks on DeSantis are mounting. And now there's attacks on Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is sort of a right-of-center Republican. I would argue right of center and a more traditional and she's attacked for her race she's attacked for her womanhood immediately by the media by the media before she really says anything so you see it's we Republicans especially conservatives we have to fix it by rolling over and playing dead by just surrendering I'll be right back. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mark Levin, the George S. Patton of Talk Radio. Call him at 877-381-3811. That's 877-381-3811. Okay. I was just telling you about Don Lemon and Nikki Haley. Might as well take a listen to this. Cut 14, go. 
This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you that's talking about? Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? I, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. Let's stop right want. here. I don't know who the young lady is, but she's saying prime for what? And, of course, what Don Lemon is doing is talking about prime for birthing 20s 30s and 40s but Nikki Haley is not running in order to have another child she's running for president so that is a very bizarre statement go ahead you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily... 40s, oh, I got it in, in her answer. prime, in her prime for birthing. Not in her prime for anything else. The ignorance of this man is really remarkable. In addition to his ideological radicalism, he's a stupid guy. Go ahead. So I think she has to be careful about saying that, you know, politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing or are you talking about prime for being president? The facts are Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to. Google? Google or whatever it is. Google. Google. What are you, an idiot? Yes, he is. couple of things. Why would that even come to mind? Why would that even come to mind about her? It's so bizarre. It's so strange. Now, that said, let me move on to my topic. I think Nikki Hill is going to have to do more than give out platitudes. Time for a new generation. These guys are too old. You know, my parents were immigrants. I'm a brown person. I wasn't white or black. Uh, what else did she say? Oh, term limits she supports. Unfortunately, somebody needs to advise her that term limits can only be imposed on Congress by a constitutional amendment. Just as term limits on the President of the United States were imposed by a constitutional amendment. The Supreme Court has said it. That's the way it is. So I don't think running on term limits as an issue is particularly sharp since she can't do a damn thing about it. When it comes to amending the Constitution, it's up to Congress. On one method, it's up to the state legislatures and the other method, and the president has no role whatsoever. So that seemed a little strange to me. But I feel she's going to have to be a lot more specific. Uh, her record as governor of South Carolina is not that well known. She's got to educate us about it. And we're in the middle of these battles, ladies and gentlemen. Former President Trump fought these battles. America's governor, Ron DeSantis, is fighting these battles. You have people like Christy Nome, who's fighting these battles. Abbott of Texas, who's fighting these battles. But in my view, the most exceptional 
fighter when it comes to these cultural issues has been the governor of Florida. I don't think there's any question about it. Whether people want to hear it or not, that's just the way it is. Then you got guys like Sununu and done a damn thing. Guys like Larry Hogan is proud of himself for being Democrat light. Guys like Chris Christie is the biggest blowhard of blowhards. Quite frankly, the Cape May Orca. So uh, we don't need, you know, we don't need Republicans who are going to sit in the Oval Office and do almost nothing. We need people who are going to fight this, who are going to push back. And Nikki Haley is going to have to explain. I'm not attacking her. I'm saying she's going to have to explain what she did. And how she'll do it. I don't mean as you an ambassador where all you do is give speeches. I got it. What did she do as governor that demonstrates this? And she may have a fantastic record. I say I I wasn't really focused on it at the time. Uh, But it's up to her to convey it to all the rest of us. And and I'm sure she will. I hope she will. Uh, Some of these governors don't have to do it because we see it right now. Or even with a Pompeo, we see what he did. And some of the others. It's also interesting, you've got Tim Scott, who wants to run for president from South Carolina, and you have Nikki Haley, who wants to run for president from South Carolina. Thankfully, Lindsey Graham does not, in my humble opinion. The guy's a nice guy. Just kind of flaky, that's all. When I meet him, we get along great. Very nice. But he votes for these massive spending bills. It drives me nuts. U.S. national debt to rise $20 trillion over the next 10 years. This is what Senator Scott, Rick Scott, was talking. And for, uh, for Karen Whoopi Goldberg, as you know, her real name is Karen, ironically enough. Uh, for Karen Whoopi Cushion Goldberg, uh, I'm talking about the white... Senator Scott, since that's important to her. This is Fox. U.S. national debt to rise by $20 trillion over the next 10 years. Say what? How old are your children and grandchildren? So in 20 years, the debt will be over $50 trillion. Uh, This is going to be a disaster. A disaster. The interest on the debt is so out of control right now. The Congressional Budget Office released its annual budget and economic outlook forecasting federal finances over the next 10 years, which projects that the national debt will be about $20 trillion higher a decade from now. And they're using as a baseline the 2023 budget that was passed, the omnibus monstrous bill. As a percentage of forecast, U.S. gross domestic product debt held by the public would rise from 98% of the entire gross domestic product, in other words, the entire amount of economic wealth that's created each year, to 118, so about 120%. So we won't even be able to create the economic wealth to pay down the debt. And he said by 2053... 
which is 30 years from now, the gross domestic product, uh, pushing the federal debt will be 190, it'll be 200% of the gross domestic product. So the country will be done. Financially bankrupt. But nobody cares. You want to know why? The people who are making these decisions, most of them won't be alive 20 and 30 years from now. Mitch McConnell voted for all this. He's 80 years old. Biden's all for this. He's 80 years old. Nancy Pelosi's 82 years old. She doesn't look a day over 81. Schumer's like 77 or 76. They won't even be alive. So it'll fall on somebody else to fix this, which is going to be almost impossible. Imagine all the people on the public dole, all the people relying on government for food and housing and education, all the people. Talk about infrastructure. There'll be no infrastructure. You can't fix it. We're going to become a bloated, immovable society. And when you have economic conditions like that, what follows, ladies and gentlemen? What follows, Mr. Producer? The Iron Fist. The police state. You saw what happened during the pandemic. It took almost nothing for the totalitarian policies to kick into place. Almost nothing. And they were more than happy to arrest people, to punish people, to fine people, to shut down their businesses, to knock on their doors. Can you imagine if the economy crumbles and all these programs go belly up? All the people on the dole, can you imagine the riots? Can you imagine what's going to happen in this country? And so the, the House Republicans do imagine it. They were cut out of the entire process because Schumer, McConnell, Pelosi, and Biden had a scheme to get around them. And all they want to do is begin the process, not of slashing it, but cutting the spending, or at least the increase in spending. But McConnell did a... Well, he's, he slid around them because he's sleazy. Could have made them wait. And now they're saying, we will shut down the government if you don't adopt every damn penny and word that we have in that four to 5,000 page monstrosity. That none senator has read that this Biden is incapable of reading. And it's now the fault of the majority Republicans in the House. And then you keep hearing the fear mongering about default, 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 default. Well, why did they spend so much? That's the question. Why did they create this scenario? What do you mean you want a clean bill and a clean vote? The Republicans weren't elected to rubber stamp what Schumer and Pelosi and Biden do. They weren't elected to rubber stamp what McConnell does. McConnell's been in leadership 20 years. He's been the Republican leader for 14 or 15 years, I guess, 15 years. Longest serving leader of either party in history of the Senate. And he has voted time and time and time again to break the budget. To lift the debt ceiling. And if you're Rick Scott and you stand up to him or Ted Cruz or Ron Johnson or Mike Lee or, or some of the others, he will seek to destroy you. 
But this is the situation we're in right now, folks. It's not very pleasant. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So we've talked about this guy, Jack Smith, this guy who is the special counsel appointed by Meritless Garland. The man who apparently was sent to The Hague because he was so lousy, just my surmise. This man used to be head of the public integrity section of the criminal division of the Department of Justice. It's a lot of words there, but that's a very important job. And if you're a political hack for the left and the Democrat Party, you're a very dangerous man because that's what he is. A very dangerous man. It's the job of a prosecutor, as we discussed last night, to do justice, not to seek and destroy. Mr. Smith came to Washington. No Jimmy Stewart. He seeks and destroys Republicans. The Virginia Republican governor, the ex-governor, Bob McDonald, committed no crime. And yet he was convicted of corruption, bribery. How? Why? Because Mr. Smith broadened the definition of official acts, the phrase official acts. And the useless federal district judge agreed with him. And the jury convicted the former Republican governor. He was sentenced to two years in prison. He appealed to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, which wouldn't take the case. Then he appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States that would take the case. And there were eight justices on the court at that time, if memory serves. The decision was written by the Chief Justice, John Roberts, and every single justice voted to reverse the conviction and remand the case, which was eventually dropped by the Department of Justice. That's the case I'm talking about with respect to Mr. Smith. Now, why is this important? There's more news on this front. Because this guy's out of control. This guy's always driving at 120 miles an hour in the courtroom. This guy doesn't care who he destroys or hurts as long as the Republicans and conservatives or genocidal maniacs overseas. But I want to tell you about him more and what he's done now. I'll be right back. 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Let me pick up where I was rudely interrupted by myself. We have this guy, Jack Smith. This guy's a hatchet man. This guy has been admonished. This guy's very poor judgment, but he's full speed ahead. Foots on the gas pedal. He'll take statutory language, and he will rewrite it to make it broader to accommodate him. He is the opposite of what a prosecutor's supposed to be. Somebody who has good judgment, good temper, Thinks with his head, but not this guy. Mr. Tough Guy. Mr. Tough Guy. He subpoenaed Vice President Pence. He has subpoenaed one lawyer after another, trying to get behind attorney client privilege, trying to make it impossible for potential defendants to defend themselves. He is butchering the Bill of Rights, including due process rights. And I don't want to hear from these former federal prosecutor legal analysts on TV. I want to actually, he's playing it by the book. No, he's not, you jerks. CNN, special counsel Jack Smith is locked in at least eight, eight secret court battles that aim to unearth some of the most closely held details about Donald Trump's actions after the 2020 election and the handling of classified material, according to sources in the court records reviewed by CNN. So the government's leaking, of course, to CNN, and why not? Because CNN is, in fact, an appendage of the Biden administration. Now, that's enough right there. Eight secret court battles. Because what this jerk is doing is he's not only pushing the edge of the envelope, he's well beyond the edge of the envelope. 
Now, in order to get around attorney-client privilege with the crime-fraud exception, you need the court to approve it. The problem in this case is that the judge, who is the chief judge of the district court judges in Washington, D.C., is an Obama appointee. And in every single privilege motion that's been brought by the Trump lawyers, she's ruled against them. Every single one. Now, Jack the Ripper knows this. Jack the Ripper Smith knows this. But he doesn't care. In fact, he wants to exploit it. Jack the Ripper Smith handled another case. You may have heard of John Edwards, the former senator and presidential candidate. Edwards received a couple of massive donations, came to about a million bucks, if my mind is recollection is correct. And he was indicted because Jack the Ripper Smith viewed those as campaign contributions. Now, that money was used to cover up his affair with his girlfriend, her pregnancy, to get her an apartment, to take care of her, and to keep her out of the limelight. Well, it didn't work. But Jack the Ripper, Jack the Ripper Smith, he decided that it violated federal election laws. How? Violated the cap, illegal contribution, because hiding her and the pregnancy and all the rest was in effect a contribution to the campaign. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is such a reach, it's not even funny. Now that said, Jack the Ripper Smith brought this weak case and he lost. You might recall John Edwards is still prowling uh, the United States, if not the globe. But a jury of his peers found him innocent. North Carolina. Another big defeat for Jack the River Smith. Why? Because he's way too aggressive. Because he doesn't follow the law. But John Edwards' main defense was what? John Edwards' main defense was he was following the advice of counsel. And his election lawyers told him that it was not a contribution and it's not deemed as a contribution. So how can he commit election fraud or obstruction or anything of the kind when he was getting that kind of legal advice? Follow me, Mr. Producer? Now, I'm going to say something so all the legal analysts tomorrow and all weekend long are going to regurgitate it. And they, of course, will not mention where they heard it as they sit there and write down my every damn word. This is why Jack the Ripper Smith, the special counsel, in at least one case, but probably seven others, but multiple cases... He's trying to cut through attorney-client privilege to find out what was discussed between his targets and their lawyers. Because he was burned in the John Edwards trial 
when John Edwards said, wait a minute, my lawyers told me it was okay. So what this guy's doing, listen to me, because this is what's happening. And nobody's discussed this but me. Listen to me. So what's happened here? Jack the Ripper Smith. He's concluded, I need to know what Trump and his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, have discussed. His documents lawyer. So Donald Trump cannot use as a defense, should I charge him, that his lawyers told him A, B, C, and D was okay. Therefore, the specific intent required under the obstruction statute, I think it's 18 U.S.C. 1503 or something like that. It's off the top of my head. He won't be able to burn me the way Edwards did. That is exactly what's going on here. The problem with all this is, is if Jack the Ripper Smith gets his way, there is no attorney-client privilege. Because if you are preemptively trying to get the information, then nobody can ever defend themselves. The purpose of attorney-client privilege isn't to help the prosecutor. Attorney-client privilege goes back to Roman times, maybe before. In English common law, in the 1600s, attorney-client privilege, it was understood. How can somebody get representation? Not adequate representation, but aggressive, solid, quality representation if they can't consult confidentially with their counsel. If their counsel could be subjected to the crime fraud exception, you know, maybe for a mass murder, maybe for a mobster, for future crimes that are going to be committed or present crimes that are going to be committed. But you can't use the crime fraud exception to try and expose what the legal strategy is and what the advice was given to your client and what the client discussed with you. There's no ongoing crime here. But Jack the Ripper Smith, it's not so smart. Imagine being a Democrat Biden prosecutor in Washington, D.C., where overwhelmingly the judges are sympathetic to you, where overwhelmingly is a Democrat city that probably voted 95% against Trump. You have a grand jury, 28 people, who will pretty much do whatever you tell them to do. They're chosen from the community. They don't even have to be a uh, grand jury of your peers. And then you figure, if I have a trial court, I'll have a judge that I like and a jury that I like. What's the problem? That's what he's thinking. I can't lose. That's what he's thinking. But he's now in court. Eight secret court cases. Eight. This is why they go after DeGeneva and Tansing. This is why they go after Eastman and Giuliani and a load of other lawyers. And this guy has already pulled before his grand jury two of the other lawyers for Donald Trump who were working on the document cases. So this is the third lawyer. And what are we talking about here, folks? They know where Trump's documents are. They know how many there were. They were all at Mar-a-Lago, maybe one or two were in his desk or whatever the hell. 
Nothing happened to them. And yet look at the aggressiveness here. Nobody's above the law, they say. Oh, don't, don't hand us that. This isn't the law. They are stomping all over the Bill of Rights. They are stomping all over more than a thousand years of tradition. In order to get Trump and everybody in a circle. That's what they're doing. And again, one day I want to talk more extensively about January 6th and what this same man is doing. He has no respect for the Constitution. He has no respect for legal precedent or traditions. He has no respect for the Electoral College or how that process works. None. None. He's an angry, hateful SOB. That's what he is. That's right, pal. What are you going to do? Subpoena me? You schmuck. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over at Newsbusters, MRC. What is that? Is that me? Uh-oh, hold on now. Oh, it's an Amber Alert. Let's see. Clay County, Florida, kidnapped child. Just telling you, it's an Amber Alert. Let me see what it says. Uh, so far, that's all it says. Or I'd be more than happy to announce it. Clay County, Florida, there's a kidnapped child. And uh, here we go. The child... These are African-Americans. The child is eight months old. Her, her name, it's a baby, is Paradise Levy. The abductor, I guess, is the father. He's 46 years old. His name is Terry Levy. And, uh, or Levy, L-E-V-Y. And uh, that's all I have. So there you go. And that's that. Wish all of those uh, involved. Well, we wish the baby production and safety. Here we are, Newsbusters. Protecting their investment, networks run cover for leftist ESG giants tied to Ohio train disaster. I had known all this, and that's why we love our friends at Newsbusters and MRC. ABC's, CBS's, and NBC's premature abandonment of coverage of the environmental disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, may have been a gambit to protect the leftist pro-environment social governance, ESG. ESG, remember that? These, these giants tied to the incident. The Ohio incident involved a train derailing that led to a controlled explosion and the spewing of toxic fumes into the atmosphere. A recent MRC study revealed that the big three broadcast networks, morning and evening news shows, all but dropped coverage of the Ohio disaster once residents were permitted to return home from February 8th. Between the incident's genesis on February 3rd and the evacuation order for East Palestine being lifted on February 8th, all six shows fell just shy of spending a combined, combined 30 minutes on the topic, so five minutes each tops. 
The network largely regurgitated the public relations gaslighting by the Norfolk Southern Corporation, the owner of the railway responsible for the derailed train. Reporters approached statements by Norfolk Southern and the Ohio EPA, both of whom had a blatant incentive to downplay the seriousness of the situation. With slavish credulity, Newsbusters managing editor Curtis Hauck and Newsbusters media editor Bill D'Agostino wrote, but nearly a week after residents were permitted to return home on February 8th, the three big networks discovered the topic on February 14th. After it became clear that they were the three most prominent networks that had stopped covering. But it gets worse. Turns out the ESG-obsessed, in other words, left-wing-obsessed investment giants like the Vanguard Group, J.P. Morgan Investment Management, and BlackRock Fund Investors are Norfolk Southern's largest shareholders. The combined stake between the three shareholders is valued at a sizable Nine billion dollars. It's truly incredible. The lackluster coverage that the train derailment and subsequent evaluation in East Palestine has received from the big three, asserted MRC Free Speech America and MRC Business Director Michael Morris. Can you imagine the same sort of ecological disaster had occurred under the Trump administration? I mean, imagine that, folks, what would be going on right now. Undoubtedly, the big three would be doing all they could to somehow pin the blame on former president of the United States, Trump. And you know what's interesting? Pete Buttigieg tried to do that today. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? He tried to blame Trump. It's amazing. But now with the Biden administration at the helm, not much more than crickets. Looking at the ownership of ABC, CBS, and NBC may provide further insight into why they might try to move on from the Ohio disaster story after propping up Norfolk Southern's excuses. BlackRock, you know, BlackRock runs commercials now. It is the biggest financial institution, maybe in the world. And it is run by this guy, Fink. And he is all that. Pushing this ESG crap, this radical left agenda, and imposing it, imposing it on other corporations that take money from them. BlackRock and Vanguard also happen to be amongst the top five shareholders for all three of the big networks' parents' companies on February 16th. BlackRock and Vanguard both hold the top two shareholder positions in the Walt Disney Company, parent of ABC News. Combined, the two companies hold a collective investment stake valued at $23 billion. Over at Comcast Corporation, parent company of NBC News and also run by a bunch of left-wing kooks, Vanguard and BlackRock hold the first and third shareholder positions. The companies have a collective stake value of $22 billion. Vanguard and BlackRock hold the second and fourth shareholder positions, respectively, at Paramount Global, parent company of CBS. Strikingly, both Vanguard, Norther- Norfolk Southern's largest shareholder, and BlackRock have been at the center of a leftist movement to radically change American culture through the force of ESG standards in corporate America. And ESGs provide a smokescreen for left-wing bigwigs like this. Well, I guess now we know why the networks are covering up and are slow to act. Now, what is the biggest pollution disaster? I think of my lifetime, certainly one of them. I'll be right back. 
Magpa then. The Thunder on the right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. We plow ahead, baby. Hour one, hour two, hour three. Doesn't matter the day of the week. Here we are. Well, I wanted to get to this. As we plow forward. Epic times. We love the epic times here. Just more information. Climate change irony. There's a report from an environmental group, writes Naveen Atherpoli, attempts to restrict oil and natural gas production in the United States, listen to this, would result in negative impacts on the environment, according to a recent report, coming at a time when the Biden administration has taken step after step after step to undermine domestic fossil fuel activity. Over the past years, there has arisen a political movement centered in North America and Europe, which focuses on halting oil and gas production in these regions. According to the Environmental Quality Index report by the Institute for Energy Research, IER. And they put this this report out this month. And they said the great irony, and I quote, is that this political movement, which purports to be about protecting the environment, Results in oil and natural gas, listen, makes sense. Oil and natural gas production moving from countries with the highest environmental standards to countries with lower or even functionally zero environmental standards, the report says. Reductions or limitations on domestic U.S. oil production must be made up elsewhere in the remaining major oil producing countries which have far lower environmental standards than the United States. This is just logical. The report analyzed the Environmental Performance Index, EPI, produced by Yale University and found that the United States had an EPI score of 51.1. Meanwhile, the 20 largest oil-producing nations outside the United States had an average EPI score of 39. A lower score indicates poor performance concerning the impact to the environment. It means the average barrel of non-U.S. petroleum is produced in a country with an environmental score that is 23.6% lower than the United States. The 20 largest non-U.S. natural gas producers had an average EPI of 38.6, which is 24.5% lower than the United States. EPI especially meaning that environmental degradation increases when production is taken out of the country our country. A similar situation is happening in the mining industry, where Biden has imposed a multi-decade moratorium on thousands and thousands of acres of land within the country, citing the need to protect the natural environment. Besides the loss of revenue for U.S. businesses, national mineral self-sufficiency and the loss of high-paying domestic jobs This economical transfer has resulted in boosting mining projects in troubled regions, such as the Congo, where communist Chinese companies exploit workers, engage in slave labor, and disregard environmental factors. So we're pushing production to the third world. The United States is the world's largest producer of both natural gas and oil. According to the report, only three nations outranked the country in environmental quality in terms of oil production. 
And when it came to gas output, also only three nations scored above America. But among these nations, not one produces 25% of the gas and oil that the United States does. And they quote, all oil production from countries scoring higher on environmental quality amounts to only 35.7% of our production. And that from gas-producing countries, it's only 33.4% of our production. The sheer size of U.S. production, combined with its excellent environmental standards, means that U.S. production disproportionately reduces the environmental harms of oil and gas production on a global scale. So what they're saying is, the production doesn't end, it just moves to other places. And it's much dirtier and much more inhumane. That's what it's saying. And it says while American natural gas and oil production over the last 40, over the last 40 years has increased, the, and we've had enhanced environmental performance at the same time. So this is the insanity of what we're dealing with. They write, unfortunately, this administration policies are restricting supply by hamstringing production on federal lands and waters, making it harder to build much-needed infrastructure and discouraging industry capital with policies and rhetoric about the long-term value of American oil and gas. So they're killing off our fossil fuel companies. The production and the labor is going overseas. And, of course, it's creating more worldwide pollution. And the people in these places are being really enslaved in so many respects. Little kids are having to do a lot of the coal mining because we know how the communist Chinese care about humanity. Meaning they don't. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. America, let's take some calls. What do you say, Jim? Evergreen, Colorado, the great KNUS. Go. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Levin. It is an, it is an honor and privilege to talk to you and hear your voice. Thank you, uh, sir. The comment I was, it is, it truly is. Uh, the comment I had to say is, it, it, Don Lemon's a moron. He, he, he only shows himself to be a moron. He shows himself to be a male chauvinist pig, a misogynist. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as my father used to say, he's using good oxygen some other human being could use that's worthwhile. Yeah, this guy is obviously out of touch with reality, has no idea what a woman is about. Well, why do, why do they keep him? Why do they keep him on CNN? He gets no numbers and he's a fool. Is, you know, they say CNN's changing. I must be missing something. I, I'm i at a loss. All I can think is, uh, you know, you can put makeup on ugly, but you can't fix stupid, and that's what's going on. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's horrible. It How about just, you can put a bag over a guy's head, but you can't breathe for him. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And yes. this Smith, the Smith guy, He's he's the same thing as Don Jack Lemon. The, Ripper? the only difference is, yeah, he's educated. He's an educated Don Lemon. 
but he's just as diversity. Well, the problem is that Jack the Ripper Smith has power. Don Lemon doesn't have power. He, Jack the Ripper Smith does. He can destroy people, and he seems to enjoy doing it. Uh, but he also seems like uh, he's quite clumsy and sloppy about it. All right, my brother Jim, thank you. That's Evergreen, Colorado. Let's go to Tony, Clifton, New Jersey, the great WABC. Yes, Tony. Hello, Mr. Mark. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. I have yes, I yes. have so many things to always say to you, but what's interesting is that I recently had demolition work done. I did a bathroom and a kitchen, and everything mm-hmm. was totally crazy for four weeks. And it really made me understand what's happening in our country. And the positive note is just like so many things are being destroyed, our our judicial system. I was reading that nearly 100 rape calls in Louisiana were downgraded and on emergencies. Alvin Bragg and everybody else is downgrading. So there's so much going on in our country that's not pleasing. And quite mm-hmm. destructive if you've ever seen a kitchen floor taken apart down to the bottom taking a tub out but mm-hmm. i believe and i'm hopeful that just as they put my kitchen and bathroom together that with the right man on the job and we will have our wishes for who that will be we will have our country put back together better than mm-hmm. ever So I just wanted to share that with you because it's quite overwhelming to see things destroyed. And the day that Joe Biden signed all those papers when he first got in, he literally Mm. was just putting the demolition ball to all the buildings when he was signing all those things, undoing our country. And so I believe, and I'm being positive for all of us, that our country is going to be put back together better than ever. So I just wanted to share that with you. Well, thank you, Tony. A very positive attitude. Thank you for your call. Time will tell. How about we go to Diane in Rochester, New York, the great WHAM. Diane, how are you? <laughs> yes, Mark, uh, I've been listening tonight, and uh, I do have some notes for you, and hopefully... Uh, it will not contrast with the last speaker too much. I am in despair about the fact that our country and our lives are hanging in the balance. I feel like we are hostages in this destructive political environment, but I won't be gagged. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you and others will recall it is Michelle Obama who was lecturing us. We have to change our language, our culture, our tradition. You're right. Excuse You're right. me. Lady, millions disagree. Now, we were founded by individuals escaping persecution by by the elites. They didn't know where they were going. They just had to get the hell out because they were being murdered. They were successful at not needing the elites. They wrote up a brilliant approach for governance. Let's talk about governance. The best president is the one who runs it like a well-oiled business. He's got to have that knowledge. And you don't have to give a thought to him. Why? Because things are going so good, your life is good. you got to be tough and kick butt. You mentioned Nikki Haley. I agree. I don't like her platitude. I didn't endorse. 
I just said uh, cut out the platitudes and let's get down to business. Yes, that is correct. And look at platitudes. What is that? It's got attitudes in it. And what does the PL stand for? Plain language. Give me plain language really? platitudes. So here's a so here's a chuckle for you. Yes, ma'am. Nine one one adds up to my shoe size. So don't make me. Wait a minute. You have a size. You, wait. Hold on now. You have a size eleven. <laughs> Yeah. Anybody wants to find Bigfoot, she's alive and well. I have a size 11. Yes. I got to go to the men's department for some kick-around shoes. But I that see. much yes. said, like I said, you got to just say it plain and direct. Don't make me lose a shoe, President Xi Jinping, because who owns our debt? Correct me if I'm wrong. How many times have I heard, who owns our debt? China. You know what? Baby. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. We could put them out of business in a month. We could do to them financially what we did to the Soviet Union. That is true. Uh, I don't think we have anybody with the guts to do that. Well, I want to thank you, Diane. I mean, Diane and Tony, what great callers. Now, Don Lemon, those are women. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute our truckers. We salute the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine, the freedom fighters, and thank them. And most of all, I thank you, the greatest audience of audiences, your patriots, and we're all blessed. See you tomorrow. God bless.